0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another Picture Lock After Show. I'm really excited to bring this after show to you. This is, honestly, I think this is an after show master class. I talked with Roxy Shee, director of Painkillers. Um, as you all know, last week I talked with Ron Newcomb, Alex Ferrari, and Roxy Shee. So this week I'm going to drop the after show episodes in reverse order. First we'll start with Roxy, then go to Alex And then on Wednesday, I'll drop Ron's. I'll give you a break on Thursday to go ahead and have some turkey and get with family. And then Friday, I hit you with episode 101 of Picture Lock. So this is a busy week in terms of dropping things on the podcast. But this is great information. Today, Roxy and I, we talk about the importance of making sure your film is well-represented in post. So once you actually have your film acquired by a company, making sure that it lines up with what the film is actually about. Roxy and I also get into the future of film and inclusivity and diversity and what that looks like for the future. So you definitely want to tune into this one, folks. Uh, It's a little bit longer than the usual after-show format, but there are so many great nuggets of wisdom. I definitely thank Roxy for sticking around for the after-show because she wanted to make sure that other indie filmmakers are getting educated on the business of film. We both agree that you have to run your film like a small business, and you're going to hear about that in a second. Before I get into this, I I just want to say I'm really excited. As you all already know, I have the online course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker, which is available right now. You can go to prfortheindiefilmmaker.com to learn more. I'm about to drop the book, Army of One, PR and Marketing for the Indie Filmmaker. I've been working on it uh, really hard, and I'm really excited to put that out. Pretty soon here, I'd say within the next month or less. Uh, so you definitely want to be on the lookout for that. I will be sure to let you all know as faithful podcast listeners uh, before anyone else. In fact, you're hearing about it right now before anybody else. Um, so I'll make sure to have some kind of special incentive for you guys. But we're going to go ahead and get into the after show with director Roxy She. right after this promo. What if you could have a film critic, film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post? I'm Kevin Sampson, and my online course PR for the Indie Filmmaker does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do, And as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can use the festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling and film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show, Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know and a behind-the-scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So if you're an indie filmmaker that's looking to change the game with your films, PR and marketing, make sure you check out PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Head on over to PRfortheIndieFilmmaker.com and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Get your film seen, build community and become an army of one. All right, folks, it is time for the Picture Lock After Show. I am so excited to have Roxy Shi. She is the director of Painkillers. She stuck around so that we could talk a little bit about PR and marketing for your film. Um, So, Roxy, thanks for sticking around.
1: Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Kevin.
0: (laughs) All right, so, Roxy, the first question What's the biggest thing that you feel you've done right in terms of engaging the public? and marketing your film.
1: Okay, so um, I will just be very transparent in saying that Painkillers was sort of the first, it's my second feature film, and I was brought on completely as a for-hire director. And it is the first time that I um, am not a producer, you know, on my own work. So it's been a really different sort of experience because, Um, For my first film, The Tribe, I did all of my own stuff, you know, and I learned so much about how to market your movie, especially in a a time like this when everything's constantly shifting um, in terms of, you know, um, how we market our films and how we brand ourselves, and nowadays filmmakers need to brand themselves and their own voice as well in order for people to be interested in their content. So in terms of painkillers, we were really lucky to sign with Content Media, who is our sales agent. And um, they've been so integral in sort of uh, creating, like, this voice and image for our project. And I know, um, Kevin, you've seen, like, the posters, the character posters, obviously. And they design it in a way that's, like, super eye-catching and, um, you know, I mean, extremely visual and metaphoric for what our movie is about. And to me, that is everything. Because when you make a film, whenever you make anything, you have to make sure that the voice behind it is authentic and engaging um so in terms of like what the movie is about we're not so much selling it in terms of its genre aspect but selling it in the sense that like this is a conversation about coping with addiction you know so um we're getting ready to take it out next year but in terms of right now that's been a lot of what our conversation's been circle uh circling around with our film festivals and all that other stuff you know
0: yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I know, and and no offense, I'm not trying to. It, it was kind of a roundabout way of answering the question, but if if I understood what you're talking about with painkillers, I, I think what you feel was done correctly. One, maybe for you as a filmmaker, is for the first time like you've let go of some of some of the reins. And strictly for those that are listening, you know, for higher director is basically like, hey you know, Roxy is the director on the film, that's all she does. And so being able to have that company that comes on and kind of actually thinks about like the overall brand and like, what are we trying to evoke? And and like you said, through the movie posters, which, you know, there's like a poster for every character, um, Mm -hmm. or probably all the lead characters in the film. And, you know, while it's different characters and there's different expressions on their faces, Um, It does have a through line of, you know, similarity. Um, And so I'm just trying to make sure, am I getting that correct? Like, it's more about having someone else that's really focused on it uh, in terms of your PR marketing, giving them the space to do that. Is that correct?
1: I'm so sorry, but I feel like I was circumlocuting around the question. I think, yes, the most important thing when it comes to a filmmaker, you know, for example, signing with a sales agent and um, making sure they want to market their film correctly is, I, because I work in mostly genre, I think the most important thing that you need to do is to not misrepresent your movie, you know?
0: Um,
1: Because I feel like, Kevin, I don't know if you've experienced anything like that, but I think for me personally, it's like, for my first film, The Tribe, like, it's a post-apocalyptic film, but then it was pretty much marketed as a horror movie, which it really isn't, and I had a huge lesson, you know, in terms of that. And so this time around, you know, the producers are very keen on having me involved and making sure we're representing the film in the in the best way possible so it's not misleading towards the wrong audience. Yeah, so I think in terms of that, like, we were very lucky to have content on our side, and they've been so great in communicating sort of what fits their needs to get to where they need to, to take the film where it needs to go, but also not misrepresenting our film.
0: So I think this is, this is like, great advice. Yeah. Don't misrepresent your movie. Uh, one of the things, like, I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan, fan. There are only a few films of his that I really like. Click is mm-hmm. one of those that I like, but I feel was grossly misrepresented because um, you know they pushed heavy on the comedy aspect of it but when you actually watch it, it's about a father who, um, and kind of like we were saying with painkillers, uh, is throwing Mm -hmm. his time and effort in the wrong space and um, it really becomes more of a dramatic film about family and it, it was so sad because when I watched it, I was just, I was disappointed at the fact that it was marketed as one thing, but it really was like this heartwarming film about family. So I think you, you yeah, hit the nail on the head. Like that is extremely important.
1: Yeah, because Kevin, I'm sure. I mean, you talk to a lot of first time filmmakers. You know what I mean? And I think the sacrifice that a lot of first time filmmakers fall into, which is sort of, you know, I've also fell into this because I wanted to make sure I had longevity in my career. So I put a lot of trust in people, you know, or, or things I don't understand, like, you know, distribution or uh, getting the film out there, getting it visible. But then you really have to fight for what your film represents. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I only discovered that power recently. And if I could just educate people, especially first-time filmmakers who spent you know, their life savings or pulled out credit cards or, like, whatever to make their movie and then to be like, okay, I'm just going to give it to this uh, sales company because they feel like, um, I-, I feel like they can take it to where it needs to go, but then it just becomes another number in their digital dump. Like, no. Like, when you talk to the acquisitions person, push them aside and be like, I want to talk to your marketing director. <laughs> How are you going to market this film? You know what I mean? Yeah. I-, I wish people talked about this more. Making the movie is the easy part, the hard part is getting it visible and getting it out there and getting people engaged. So I guess this is why I wanted to be on this portion of your show because so many amazing films don't get seen because they get sucked into the void of all that other content. You know? Um yeah, I just wanted to say that. Come on, Roxy
0: Director. Roxy, I'm yeah, I'm over I'm here. Crazy. I'm I'm over here like throwing my hands up in the air. I am so excited because <laughs> You're absolutely correct. And this is one of the things that I do try to teach in um my online course is like as filmmakers And, and then
1: how many things do you do?
0: <laughs> Way too many.
1: I'm, like, I'm so overwhelmed by it. I'm like, Who is this? Like amazing. <laughs> like a renaissance man that I must
0: meet in real life now, you know. I I appreciate it, Roxy. But no, 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 seriously, that is one of the things that I, because, and that's why I wanted to do an online course, and that's why I said, well, I need to start giving filmmakers um, something that is practical information, and that's why I wanted to do the after show portion of the segment, because um or segment of the show because I feel as though uh, for indie filmmakers which I am one myself um when we make a film like we're we're taking a bet out on ourselves like you know like you don't have you know big studio behind you and some areas and and you know maybe at this point you know you've been putting in the work as I can see on uh, your IMDB but for the most part indie filmmakers that are out there they put out this great work but then it doesn't you know go past the film festival circuit or they're not able to build community and this day and age um, you can definitely do that and I think one of the ways that you do that is you tap into your niche, but doing Mm -hmm. things like what you said by not misrepresenting your movie, because people, they wanna know what they're gonna see. And like you said, what I loved that you just said, and we're gonna have to get into the second question. Um, But what I love that you just said was, once the acquisition team comes on, not just saying yes i got the check or you know yes we're now going into distribution but saying hey acquisitions team like let's talk to your marketing team like how are you going to promote this film because you know let's say you get on to you know hulu netflix whatever the case may be um if it's misrepresented uh then that can also allow your your film to die so Man, you just got me extremely excited because, like, you're absolutely correct. This is one of the issues that I see all the time as, you know, uh, a critic, as a festival director, especially because I see so many of the great films that, like, you know, come through the festival and they might not make it in for whatever reason because, believe it or not, folks, like, sometimes there are good films that just... We can't program it for whatever reason. And so, but I don't want those films to die because I feel like those stories need to be told. All right. So, we're, mm-hmm. we're, well, man, this might become like a whole other episode if I don't stop. So,
1: <laughs> we <laughs> can totally circle back in the future. Yeah. There we I, go. You know, because the thing is that, like, there's so many, like, like independent filmmakers, we're having this amazing, you know, surge of, like, new voices. And everybody is talented, but no one knows. How to deal with the other side And they need to know So we need
0: to be having this conversation You know Not precisely You're spot on Roxy Alright so if you can um, What's the biggest lesson That you've learned from mistakes In engaging uh, the public and marketing for your film And maybe you could also go into films Not just painkillers But in the past But what's one great nugget That people could take away
1: In terms of Um like marketing, oh, sorry, marketing and, and branding your movie and, yeah. um, sort of like the, the, the more on the street level scale. Um, community is so important. I think a lot of filmmakers, and you're, you're, you're a festival director, so you know this, and I also run my own festival, but it's like, as filmmakers, sometimes we are so self involved with, um, our own journeys and our own work, we tend to not see the bigger picture, which is, if we, if one of us wins, we all win, you know, and I think it's important to, when you make a film festival, or even if you don't make a film festival, that you go and you network and you support each other because when you need somebody to help promote your work or when you're looking for something, that is the best resource that you can have because you have incentive to program, you have incentive to press, you know, um, um, it's small incentives. You have access to all these things. And um, when you have those relationships and you take care of them, the more you'll be able to succeed. The best way to promote your movie isn't so much you doing it yourself. Like, that doesn't work. Like, the thing with filmmaking, the same way on set and the same way in networking, it is all about how you nurture yourself, how you brand yourself, and how you develop relationships. So when I'm making a movie, for example, on a lower scale or um you know a short or whatever, maybe something that doesn't have you know all those bureaucratic levels of power um you I think what what what's important is that, for example, if I'm making something I let every a lot of people know about it, and then I talk about what it's about and I talk about who I'm trying to engage and who I'm trying to get involved like I probably get a lot of like better known cats than I would have on my own by going to film festivals and meeting them and talking to the filmmakers there and ask, asking them to introduce me you know what I mean sorry, mm-hmm. Kevin I may not be like explaining myself entirely, but I feel like it's like a bigger you know answer because it all has to do with you manifesting what it is that you want with your words right right so then um and the power of um you have to what is it like um you use your words for your power so it's like uh, getting it out there and uh, having it, basically talking about it, having other people talk about it, having those relationships behind you to back you up, that is a way for you to get your work seen. And also, because we live in a time where um, everyone celebrates your individuality and your voice, you should know that you should use that to your power and you should really know how to brand yourself, you know, and what your point of view is. Because when it comes to those Q&As, when it comes to what you're working on now, what you're passionate about, let it be known, you know. So I think, inter- like, I could give the easy answer. Be like, yeah, social media and, like, you know, learning how to social media market your movie and all that stuff. For But for me, I really think it's about the power of the community. The more that you are seen, the more that you are present, the more that people will notice you, the more that people will back you. People will talk about your movie. You know, send it to people. You'll get relationships and waivers for film festivals you know develop those relationships they have more of a chance of playing at the same festival if you develop a good relationship with them in the future you know use that to your power <laughs> and so i don't think a lot of filmmakers realize that like you have to know how to network you have to know how to talk to people it sucks for some of us because we're introverts but you need to at least make yourself seen
0: you know i love yeah. it i think this is an official picture Lock after show masterclass. That we're having right <laughs> now <laughs> with Roxy She. and I, I don't I don't just say that because, like everything that you're talking about, this is these are the things that I really try to cover in the course because what I like to call it, or how I like to coin it is, um you have to document your film's journey. And um that starts in pre-production when, You know, you come up with the idea, and from there, that's when you start building the community that you're talking about. And it's so important, um, I think, for filmmakers, not just to think of themselves as a filmmaker, um, but as a... Business, like as an entrepreneur, because basically that's what it is. Every time you put a film out there, yes, and so from the bu-
1: yes, <laughs> see, did, Foxy, I, I just like, I feel like we're vibing so hard right now. Like I <laughs> need to understand that every film is like its own startup. You exactly, know? really freaking difficult. Yeah,
0: exactly, and that and that's the unfortunate part. And now that I know, you know, you're the director for. Taiwanese American Film Festival in LA. Uh, we're definitely gonna have to, uh, you know, keep in contact. But you're right, we see that as festival directors all the time. We can tell, like, the filmmaker that understands, like, they are a startup, like, they are the brand, and that they are the only person that's gonna care about their film. Um, but yeah. Once you bring people on board, then suddenly you have your actors retweeting, or you know, like there. And I'm not gonna call any names, but there are some filmmakers that I know that I think they do a perfect job to, job of this. Where once, once they say, "Hey, you know, we just got accepted into another festival," I see the actor post super excited. We're at it. We're back at it again. Like, they're on board. And so if you can create community, man, your film will leave that legacy, even if it's for the year that it's on the the festival circuit. But you're going to do a lot more with your film um, and probably more of what you had in mind to do than if you're just kind of resting on your laurels. All right. So last question, you get to flip it on me. Any question that you want to ask, uh, you know, as, for me as a filmmaker, film critic, publicist, film festival director?
1: Yes, I do, actually. I'm very curious um, as to what you think the landscape of filmmaking will be like in five years, just because so much has happened in just two. And, you know, network TV shows are now talking about inclusivity. It's almost like a bucket list that they're checking off. You know, do you feel like this is a fad that will die, or do you feel like it will manifest into something a little bit better in the future, or do you think it will be a mess in the future? Uh,
0: So, really quickly, I just want to understand, um, I do understand about the question of, you know, in five years, what does filmmaking look like, but you said a fad, was that in terms of... Yeah,
1: like, oh, inclusivity is just like a hot thing right now, diversity is just a hot topic. Do you think that will die, or do you feel like it'll become something more, or do you feel like it'll become almost like a unseen evil in the way that people are ticking off their list, you know, they're checking off the boxes and what they're making now?
0: Yeah, man, this is a great question. So a few things, right? So for me as, you know, founding and directing DC Black Film Festival, this is a way that, you know, I knew that I could make sure that my story was being told i could see myself on the big screen and i knew like if i could see myself i knew there there's a bunch of people behind me that want to see themselves as well um and i think of the same way for you with the taiwanese american film festival like these niche festivals are still unfortunately needed because while um you know films and tv shows are being more inclusive which is awesome how many tv shows are about you know just a Taiwanese American family. Uh, I think for yeah. for us, when we go to film festivals, most of the time, like we're we're seeing a story through the lens of a Caucasian family, etc. Um, and so I do think that like while we're making um, we're really making great efforts in uh, inclusion and diversity, and I think that that's going to continue. I think it's going to be a while before we really get to a point where we're like everybody's story is being told, you know, like, I, I feel yeah. like we still got a long way to go for that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the things to tie this in, um, so I'm, by the end of the year, I hope to have this book out. Um, and basically, I've talked to a bunch of my film critic friends. Um, it's about 17 of them. Um, and just talking about like being a film critic, the landscape. And one of the questions that I end with is, you know, where do you see film criticism going? And uh, Arch Campbell, he's been in the game for like quite a, a long time, you know, where he used to be in, you know, writing for the newspaper and now he's done TV and now he has his own podcast. So he's really seen it through decades. And uh, I love his answer because one of the things that he said is, he just feels like people are going to be able to really dive down into the niche of, like, what they want to watch. So mm-hmm. the, the crazy thing about so much, you know, film and TV with inclusion and, you know, Hulu, streaming, like, there's a plethora of things to get. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, I kind of wonder and worry if when you do want to get <laughs> that niche story that's told... Is it not going to be served to the wider public, if that makes sense? You know, like um, yeah. your your Fox, your ABC, your NBC, whatever the case may be. Like, are you going to be going to Hulu, where not everyone has Hulu one, and then two, everyone has a decision versus where everyone, like most people have basic cable. That's why American Idol did so well for so long because, you know, while not everyone has HBO, for the most part, like even if you have like um, an antenna, you can get basic cable. So, you know, you can see American Idol. So I think that's kind of the one thing that I worry about. I think um, diversity and inclusion is going to continue to grow. But the question Mm -hmm. is, will people be um, looking for it?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, and it's our job at film festivals as well, because I know that, for example, you have a Black film festival, I have a Taiwanese American film festival, and yes, our community will show up to our film festivals, but the, the challenge is engaging outside communities to come in, you know, and for those who love to see us, you know, like, I think that's, that's the challenge. It's, it's not, yeah, we're doing stuff for us, but the whole point is to connect us all, you know, so, For example, it's like I would love to partner with your film festival because it's like, uh, how do we get underrepresented communities to help each other, right? How do we get all underdogs to help each other? Like, we all are suffering through the same thing, and it's like, and we even have white allies, you know, and how do we incorporate them? How do we get that conversation so that we're all moving together, you, you know, know, I
0: think that's the thing, Roxy. You are going into a, n- a new territory with this, um, and I'm going to have to wrap this up. However, uh, <laughs> I, I, I definitely would love to invite you back on Picture Lock so we can just have this conversation because this is a conversation that needs to be had. And this is you're you're a hundred percent spot on because one of the things that with DCBFF that you know we're going into our third year now, um, I realize is that okay one. The first priority is to make sure that, you know, I'm representing people of African descent because that's what I want to do. But two, I want to make sure that I'm unifying people in general. So in the same way that, you know, when I go to uh, another film festival, I'm learning about stories that are outside of my culture for the most part. Yes. I want, if you're white, if you're Taiwanese, whatever the case may be, I want you to feel like, you know, I'll, I can't wait to see um, what DC Black Film Festival has this year, because they're great universal stories that's being told, but you're right, there is a wall that we have to break down and making sure that everyone realizes that just because, you know, I may look different from you or grow up, grew up in a different culture and, you know, household, like, we still are all one race, and I know this is getting into that hoity-toity stuff, but, like, but you're right that is an issue that we face and um and yeah another another time roxy she director of painkillers (laughs) thanks so much for sticking around for the after show
1: no problem kevin thank you so much for having me i had a wonderful time